Amen. Um, <clears throat> you know, you start uh, digging into and, and uh, preaching these things and studying these things, and sure enough, you look up and, and find that yourself having to um, apply these things. And um, it's been a, a crazy couple of weeks. It's, it's been a, a crazy few weeks. Um, <clears throat> and talking about uh, spiritual warfare and, and thinking on um, relying on God's strength and being um, strong because God is strong, not because I am strong. Um, you get tested on that and, and you get to uh, endure some things and see some things and, and deal with some things. Um, uh A couple of weeks ago, my a cousin called me that, um, to be honest with you, I haven't talked to in a while. Uh, he chose a different lifestyle, if you will, um, than, than I did, than we did. Um, and we just kind of lost contact um, due to circumstances. You know, see him every once in a while at funeral home or whatnot, that kind of guy. <clears throat> and uh, over the last probably six or eight months, he started getting his life straightened out and, and uh he actually got him a job as a heavy equipment mechanic, uh, which is what I do for a living. So um, from time to time, when he would come across things that he wasn't familiar with, he would text me or call me, and um, I would share what information I had and help him any way I could. And, you know, we just kind of started talking again. And, and uh, you know, I found it pretty awesome that he had had a job for more than a week or two um, because that was not like him. Um and then a couple of weeks ago, he called <clears throat> and uh, told me that he was um, eat up with cancer, that he had had some stomach pains and had to go to the doctor and uh, found out that he was um, covered up in cancer. And I talked to him uh, Friday on my way home from work, and uh, he had been to the doctor on Thursday, and uh, he's completely eat up with stage four pancreatic cancer. I mean, he's just just eat up with it. He's uh, one year younger than me. He's 43 years old. Um, and, he, and he called me to, uh, to ask me if I would preach his funeral. And you know, coming from a 43-year-old, I mean, I've, had to ask, I've been asked that multiple times by a lot of folks. Um, but to have the conversation that we were having and um, for him to just come out and say, you, know, you do realize that when, he said, I don't know if it's going to be next week or next year or 15 years. And I said, well, you know, that's a great way to look at it, but reality is. And he said, well, whenever it is, will you preach my funeral? And I said, yeah, I will. I'll do all I can do. I said, but if I'm going to do that and I'm going to know that ahead of time, me and you fixing to have a real serious conversation. Because <clears throat> I ain't fixing to stand up in front of a bunch of people and lie to make them feel better. I'm going to tell them the truth. So as I've been preaching over the last few weeks about the importance of your spiritual well-being, we just had a real in-depth conversation. And I had asked him before um, a couple weeks ago, and I think Dad even asked him, had a conversation with him. Um, but when he asked me would I preach his funeral, I thought, well, he's opened the door big enough, wide enough now, even I can get my big self in. And I said, you know, just like everybody else in this world, you're going to leave this walk of life. I'm going to, 10 out of 10 people die. Whether it's cancer, car wreck, motorcycle wreck, fell off a building, 
a bird fell out of the sky and hit you just right in the head and broke your neck. Either way, somehow, some way, every one of us is leaving this walk of life. And when that happens, when that day comes, nothing here matters anymore. There's only one thing that matters. You either have a relationship with the Father through the Son, or you don't. In other words, Jesus is going to stand there and say, well done, good and faithful servant, or He's going to say, I never knew you. One or the other. Where will you be? Where will you... What? what which category do you fit in? And I, I'm not talking about you giving me the right answer so that we can move on and talk about other things. I'm talking about you being real with yourself and being real with me. If you died right now, are you okay with that? So... Sometimes when we start preaching this stuff, all of a sudden, it comes home. All of a sudden, I have to walk out the fact that spiritual well-being is way more important than physical well-being. All of a sudden, I have to admit that I'm not strong enough to carry or deal with the things that are being placed in my lap and I'm having to completely, totally rely on the strength that God supplies because I'm not able. Along with that going on, I've got an uncle. Uh, my dad's youngest brother um, is in the hospital with COVID um, with an undiagnosed lung condition. Did, did Had no idea he had anything going on with his lungs until COVID hits, and now he's up there on a, on a CPAP. Amanda went and got tested Thursday. I had to spend the last two days at home, won't let me leave the house. Till we get a negative, by the way, she got her negative. We're good. I was going to sneak in the back door at 10.30 this morning, do my thing and sneak out. but didn't have to do all that. Josh's mom is still fighting and battling, and, and they've been on a, a, a roller coaster. Uh, so every time it seems to me that I start to talk, these things come home to, to roost, you might say. And you have to start walking it out. So over the course of the last couple of weeks, of course last week I was I was out. Um, thankful to Brother Kevin for, for covering for me for that. But a friend of mine got um, ordained. Um, I got to speak at his ordination um, at another church. Him and his dad got ordained at the same time at the same church. Pretty cool ordeal. Not many people can say that them and their dad got ordained together. Uh, me and him can. <laughs> Um, cause me and my dad got ordained at the same time. Uh, he and his, so it's been a kind of a cool thing. But over the course of that time, looking at and studying where we're at next. Now, I don't, I, me and Kevin didn't have an in-depth conversation about what y'all talked about or what verses you got to. So if we overlap a little bit, it's okay. Uh, things that are repeated are important. So if we repeated something, then you need to write it down. You'll need that for later. Um, but we will be back in Ephesians chapter six. I'm going to start uh, reading in verse uh, 13. And we'll go through 20. Uh, no way we'll get through all of that today, but we're going to read that far anyway. Ephesians 
Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse uh, 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness to given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as, at all, as I ought to speak. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we do humble ourselves before you this morning to say thank you for another day, another opportunity to be gathered in your house. Father, you've heard all of the prayer requests this morning. You know all the situation, Father, those that have been given um, grim circumstances, those that are uh, facing uh, awaiting test results, those that have received their results and they're not of what they desire. Whatever the scenario, whatever the situation, Father, we trust You. Father, we trust uh, that You'll do what is what is right. Father, we ask for Your guidance and Your direction. We fought, yeah, ask, Lord, that You would guide them, direct them. Allow them to see and feel Your presence in their current situation. But Father, most of all, I pray that their faith not fail. I pray, Father, that if in fact they do know You, if they do have that relationship, Father, that they would not lose faith with the understanding that the worst thing that could happen to us here is we die. And absence from this body is presence with You. Father, we just pray for Your continued guidance and direction throughout our service this morning. Father, we pray for all those that are missing for whatever reason. We ask, Father, that You continue to allow us to see and feel Your presence. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so in Ephesians chapter 6, if you started reading in, in verse 10, oh, we get finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God. The reason for the whole armor of God is that you might be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. I think Brother Kevin did a little bit of the schemes of the devil stuff last week and kind of talked to you about what some of that may look like and where some of that uh, may be. Um, and he says in chapter uh, verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Our battle is not with flesh and blood. Regardless of what battle you're looking at, regardless of where you are in your current day situation, we are not battling flesh and blood. As Christians, that battle's not ours. 
No matter what we're dealing with, no matter what our scenario, scenario is, no matter what the scheme is the devil's using against us, you and I as Christians must continue to remind ourselves that our battle is not flesh and blood. The reason you must know and understand that, how many of you know that it's impossible to defeat an enemy if you don't know who the enemy is? So what happens is, is we start battling and we don't even know what we're battling if we don't remember that we don't battle against flesh and blood. In other words, our battles are not physical. Our battles are spiritual. Every one of them. You will never win, write this down, you will never win a spiritual battle using carnal tools or carnal weapons. You will never win a spiritual battle of any kind while using physical weapons. Can't do it. It won't happen. So you have to continually be reminded, I do, that this battle is not physical. It's spiritual. Everything we face, everything... Listen, getting up out of the bed every day for me is a spiritual battle. <laughs> you have to make a decision before your feet hit the floor that today I'm not fighting flesh and blood. I'm not wrestling flesh and blood. My enemy doesn't wear flesh. You've got to get that registered in your mind. You've got to get that understanding because where we're going to take off today, and I'll show you in just a second. Um, verse 13. Therefore is a connecting word. So it's directly tied to what we've just been told. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Therefore, you see that? We battle against principalities and powers. You see that? Therefore, knowing that, because of that, understanding that, then this, whatever comes next, right? Therefore, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the devil. Therefore, therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Because you don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You're going to have to have something other than carnal tools in order to stand. Remember, we haven't been told to win. We haven't been called uh, to defeat this enemy. What have we been called to do? Stand. Just stay upright. What is it Kevin says? It would be like somebody, the general in the arm, army calling out, hold the line. Stand. Plant your feet. Get ready. Listen, you ain't been told to defeat Satan. You know why? He's already defeated. If he got tired and wanted to go home, he can't. You know why? My Jesus has the keys to hell. He can't go home. You've not been called to defeat Satan and don't by any means challenge him. Because as strong as you think you are, 
You ain't ready for that. The only person that can defeat Satan is Christ. All you've been called to do is stand. Plant your feet, stay upright. And that's a task in and of itself in some of these battles, ain't it? Some days it's hard to just get your feet on the floor, ain't it? Some days it's all you can do to just stand, ain't it? I know it is in my world. And that's what we've been called to do is stand. But you know what it's going to take even for you to be able to get that far? Not your own strength, right? God's strength, not your own weapons. Put on, therefore, because you've got an enemy that you ain't got to defeat, you just got to stand against, but it's an enemy that ain't physical. It's a spiritual enemy. Therefore, put on the whole armor of God. Not most of it, not some of it. You know, we are bad. We as, we as human beings, we're bad about getting this close and then quitting. We are. We're bad about going about 85 or 90% of the way we needed to go and just quit. We're bad about that. You realize that salvation is determined by those that finish You know putting on most of the armor of God ain't going to be good enough. It's going to take all, the whole armor of God, every piece of it. And he lays out a list of what it looks like and there's, we're not going to run through all of those today because we're going to take our time and look at each of these, but I, I want to run through the list so that you can get your mind wrapped around of the covering of this whole armor of God he's talking about. Now remember, we're trying to defeat a... We're trying to stand against a spiritual enemy. So just like in everything else in Scripture, these things represent, physically they're this, but spiritually, right? So you'll be able to put, put your mind around that He tells you to put on a belt of truth. Well, does this look like a belt of truth to you? Now, oh, this is some counterfeit that some guy in Amish country got him a Colonel Littleton book and made a copy of it for me. <laughs> for about an eighth of the price. <laughs> so there ain't nothing truthful about this belt. But see, physically you have something to put in your mind and you understand the purpose of a belt, right? What's, what's the belt do? Besides, just look good on me. <laughs> Holds everything up. Ties it all together. And the first piece of this armor is a belt of truth. Do you know what one of the biggest lacking things in all of society that we live in today is? <laughs> a belt? Because <laughs> it had another purpose besides holding everything together. So some people's going there. But also, also what's missing is truth. Right? Truth. We don't want truth. We want what makes us feel good. Right? We don't, we don't want truth. We don't want to have to be honest because sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes honesty takes us down a level in our thinking. 
But there's something else that truth will do. Y'all remember what Scripture says truth will do? It'll set you free. See, in other words, if, if you tell a lie and somebody questions you, you have to do what? Tell another lie. And then you have to tell another. And, and before you know it, you're in this whole big... But if you tell the truth, you're freed from having to tell anything else. You know what you can do? Just tell the truth. You can just tell it over and over. They've hired a, a guy at, at one of the companies that I work for. Um, <clears throat> they've hired a new safety guy. And he is a, a, a former state trooper. And he is trained, professionally trained, as an interrogator. So they hired him as a safety guy. So his first month on the job, they have an accident at a, at a location away from here. And it was two guys that are maintenance men and they were working on a piece of equipment, a, a, a piece of equipment, we'll just call it that. And they were on a, an unsafe, what they call an unsafe work platform. In other words, they weren't, weren't on a proper, they were using one half of an extension ladder to get to this platform. Neither one of them had on a harness and they were not tied off. Well, in the process of doing the work, which all that's fine if you don't get caught, right? So in the process of doing the job they were doing, one of them was, was hold, pulling, they were trying to get a bearing off and one of them pulled on, the other one was whooping it with a hammer and then he'd quit whooping, the other guy'd grab it and see if he'd move and he'd get out of the way. Well, somewhere their timing got off and this guy puts his hands down there to pull and this other guy wails him with a hammer. Well, going to be hard to cover that up. This guy's got to go to the hospital. So they, they sent him to the hospital. Of course, the investigation starts. How'd he get hurt? Why'd he get hurt? Well, guess who shows up? The interrogator. And he talks to this guy about what happened and he gets a story. And then he goes and talks to the other guy separately and gets a story and they didn't line up. Right? So now we've got to go back to this guy and get his story again. And we're going to say employee A was telling the truth. So when employee A was getting interrogated, what did he have to do? Just tell what happened. He just told the truth. So he could just do that over and over. No matter how many times you ask me, no matter how many times you come against me, guess what I can do? Just tell the truth. Because it's not going to change. You know why? Because it's the truth, and it's over and over. Well, when they get over here to, we'll call employee B to get his story the next time, guess what? He forgot one of the lies he told. So when he told it this time, he told it differently. Well, then they question him on that, because remember, he's talking to an interrogator. This guy's trained to get the truth out of you. So then when he told it the third time, guess what? There was some other little something. You know why? Because you're having to keep up with all this stuff in your head because you lied. But when you tell the truth, you are set free by that, meaning there's no extra stress to it. You can just tell it over and over and over. I'll tell you that one of those two guys got fired. Neither one of them got fired because of the work ethic or the conditions or the injury. You know why the guy got fired? Falsifying records. <laughs> so when you strap on 
your belt of truth. You see how that works? You don't have to keep up with a bunch of other stuff. So just like this morning, I'm going to ask you to be honest with yourself. Because the only way that you're going to win a spiritual war is if you have spiritual weapons. And the first piece, you got to put on the whole armor of God, right? We can't put on parts of it. So we're going to start with the first piece. And the first piece of this armor is called what? The belt of truth. If you can't put on every piece of it, there's no need in putting on the rest of it. You with me? You've got to have the whole suit. All of it's got to be available to you. So you've got to be honest with yourself. You've got to put on the belt of truth this morning. And if you can't do that, if you can't pick up the first piece, then there's no need in picking up the rest of it. And guess what's going to happen? You can't stand. Because listen, you're not battling against flesh and blood. You're not wrestling with flesh and blood. You've got to know and understand that there's a spiritual element to everything in this life. Everything. And I can assure you that this enemy will wear you out if you don't have the proper weapons. If you don't have the proper armor. You're not going to make it. You're not going to survive this. It's going to wear you out and He's going to beat you down. Why? Because you're weak? No, I'm weak too. Because you don't have your armor on. Running's not an option. You know the only part of your body that's not covered by the whole armor of God? Your back. <laughs> so you can't turn and run. You've got to stand. Stand, therefore, planted firm. Hold the line. Don't give in. Don't back up. Don't go down. Stand. There's another place in Scripture I want us to look at to look at these spiritual weapons that Paul uh, mentions back in 2 Corinthians 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 1. We'll read through verse 6. I, Paul, myself entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I who am humble when face to face with you, but bold towards you when I am away. Now, um, keep going. Chapter, uh, verse 2. I beg of you that when I am present, I may not have to show boldness with such confidence as I count on showing against some who suspect us of walking according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. Verse 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. 
We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Do you, do you see Paul talking about the things that, that we're talking about this, that are involved in this war, that are involved in this battle? Look at this. Go with me again. All right, for the first thing he says, verse 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. All right, so we're not talking about just the, the same thing Ephesians said. We ain't fighting against flesh and blood, right? We ain't waging war in the flesh. Listen, verse 4. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power. They're spiritual weapons, right? Paul again is talking about spiritual weapons. Now let's look at some of the things these spiritual weapons can do. Destroy strongholds. Verse 5, destroy arguments, right? And every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. So these are average, everyday things that Paul's dealing with, but he's dealing with them in a spiritual manner, right? These are people that are coming against... If I'm not mistaken, um, this is Paul has just gotten through talking about uh, the cheerful giver, and they're trying to take up a collection for the saints to send to Jerusalem. And that's in chapter 9. All right, And he comes into chapter 10... And he's trying to get their attention on the fact that he has been called out. Of, some people don't want him to be involved in this collection. They're accusing him of not being who he says he is. Has anybody ever fought that battle? Has anybody ever said, you're not who you say you are? Has anybody ever said... I don't trust you or I don't like you or you're not pretty or you're not this or you're not that. Do you realize that's not a physical battle? Do you realize even those simple little things are a spiritual battle? And, and Paul goes, hey, we're going to fight this with weapons that have divine power. In other words, I'm not going to get on your level and get into an argument with you. Right? I'm not going to allow you the opportunity to tear me down further than my God wants me to be. Because my value and my worth isn't based on your opinion of me. Right? And, and, and the reason I point this out is because I want you to understand when I talk about a spiritual battle, I'm talking about things in everyday life. I'm talking about even, even the sicknesses that we deal with have a spiritual element to them. Everything, everything we face as Christians is a spiritual battle. And if you win the spiritual side of it, who cares about the physical? Heard that before? We just talked about that a couple of weeks ago. If we're good in the spiritual... What difference does the physical make? Go back over to Ephesians chapter 6 with me. Verse 
All right, so we've broke down the whole arm. You've got to have the whole thing. But before I went there, I was supposed to talk about... Where did that guy come from? What accent was that? Uh, No, I'm not telling that story. I saved that for some other time. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. This is an action, right? Take up. It's something dependent on you. In other words, you can't just lay around waiting on the whole armor of God to hit you, right? Take up. Uh, Most translations or some translations say, put on. Either way, it's action words, right? It requires something of you. The whole armor of God, uh, which we've already talked about, not, not part of it. I mean, not part of the armor, all of the armor, not most of the armor, all of it. The whole armor of God is necessary. Why is it necessary? After the comma, we're told that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Not, not win, not whip old Satan, withstand. This ain't an enemy you've got to defeat. Why? He's already defeated, right? You've not been called to defeat Satan. You've been called to withstand. He roams to and fro, looking for whom he may devour. Listen, this is a call to just not get devoured, to withstand in the evil day. We've even got a time on it. When is the evil day? (laughs) Today. Go to chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. It's still in Ephesians. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Anybody doubt we live in evil days? (laughs) Anybody doubt that the times are evil that we live in today? Look around. Look around. It's not good. The further we get away from God, the worse it's going to be. The days are evil. Take up, which is an action word, put on, which is action words, the whole armor of God, not pieces and parts, not most of it or some of it, the whole armor of God. Why? So that you may be able to withstand These evil days. You ever look around sometimes and go, God, please hurry. Jesus, Jesus, please come quickly. It's, it's mind-boggling. It's, it's mind-blowing to look at some of the garbage that's going on in the world that we live in today. It's mind-blowing to see some of the things that are being taught. Listen, that are being taught in churches. <laughs> as truth. It's mind-blowing to talk to people. I talked to a guy not long ago and he honestly told me we were talking about church and talking about 
um, Scripture and, and I was trying to uh, do my thing. And he said, you know, I believe most of it. And I went, well, there's a problem. It's not a buffet. You can't pick out the parts you like and leave the rest of it. It's either all true or none true. What do you mean you believe most of it? Well, my pastor says, and I went, whoo, this is a church guy that just stood here and told me that he believes most of Scripture. You don't think we don't live in evil days? You know what one of the warnings is? That things are going to be pretty quick. It's got something to do with false teachings and false prophets. Don't it? Don't He warn us about that? You know how you're going to defend against that? It's going to be spiritual weapons, not physical. It's going to be you spending time, right? Getting to know your armor. Look here. So, therefore, knowing that we don't fight against flesh and blood, take up the whole armor of God, take up or put on, either way it's action words, the whole armor of God, not some of it. Why? So that you may be able to stand or withstand in the evil day, which is today. And having done all, now that's twice in this one sentence, right? Take up the whole armor of God and now having done all. You've done all you can do. You've, 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 you, you've went every avenue and I want to show you what he's talking about. Would you skip with me over the uh, um, armor there and get over here to the more important piece of the armor? In verse 18. Verse 18. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, to what end? Praying at all times in the Spirit. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. You know why? You know why after we get this list of armor and we're told all of these things to put on and we're, we're given this description of, of what a Christian soldier looks like, you know why the first thing mentioned after that is prayer? This ain't no physical wrestling match you in. This, this, this is a, a, a spiritual war. A spiritual battle. And remember, you ain't been called to victory. You've been called to stand and to withstand. And it's going to take all you got spiritually just to stand. Because it's not a matter of if you get in these battles. As a Christian, it's a matter of when you get in these battles. As a matter of fact, 
if you're not either in a battle, just leaving a battle, or on your way into a battle, I would say you may want to do some self-examination. In other words, if Satan ain't messing with you, if you're not having to battle spiritually, I wonder if you're in the battle at all. Right? I mean, he didn't write this in here so to take up space. I know it got too serious. I'm sorry. Verse 14. Look at here. We've just been told, and having done all to stand firm, verse 14, stand therefore. Put on the whole armor of God, I'm back to 11, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle with flesh and blood, but against spiritual powers. Verse 13, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand in the, in the, in the evil day. At the end of 13, stand firm. And the verse of 14, stand therefore. Do you see a common theme? Man, some days it's all I can do to stand. In some battles, it's all I can do to stay upright. Man, sometimes the things that we face in this world are just so hard and so heavy that all I want to do is throw the covers over my head and lay real still and hope nobody misses me. Some days. But then you know what you realize? That this ain't no physical battle we're in. This is, this is a spiritual battle. And God has expectations of His children. And God's given us everything that we need to continue in this world to just stand. And, and sometimes other people that aren't godly people seeing us able to stand in those hardest times of life go, wow, I don't think I could do that. So what have they got that I don't have that makes it possible for them to stand here? To be able to withstand what they're going through. Because you do realize our whole purpose is to point people to the glory of God, right? So even enduring the things that are too hard to even stand against, in this world is an opportunity for you and I to point to the glory of God and go, you know what? It's because it's not a physical battle that I'm in. It's a spiritual battle. And I'm not standing here relying on Nick's strength. I'm standing here because of God's strength. And it ain't my weapons that I'm using to fight these battles and be able to stand in front of you. It's God's weapons. It's spiritual weapons. And it ain't got nothing to do about how strong I am or how wise I am or how knowledgeable I am or, or how many days I've spent in the gym. It ain't got nothing to do with me. And I know y'all laugh. I ain't spent no days in the gym. I made that part up. You're right. Tell the belt of truth. The belt of truth. Right. I give up. 
I've noticed one thing. Y'all don't treat Kevin like this. Y'all must love him more. <laughs> so knowing that every opportunity is an opportunity to point people to the glory of God helps us remember and be reminded that these aren't spiritual battles. I mean, these aren't physical battles. These are spiritual battles. And it's going to take spiritual weapons in order for us to be able to stand in these battles. Therefore, take on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm, stand therefore, fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, I've already talked to you about the, the belt of truth and, and I, I, don't, I won't revisit that because of time, I'm going to go right to the breastplate of truth now. I mean the breastplate of righteousness now. I've already told you that. It's not about one piece. It's about all of it. And even the belt of truth, and that's the first step, and it's the first step for a reason. It holds it all together, and truth is where it's at, right? If you're going to hold it all together. But I also want you to look at the breastplate of righteousness. Well, first of all, what is a breastplate and what is its purpose? Well, the breastplate was the piece of armor that, of course, was over your chest. And its purpose is to protect your vitals. So now we've called that a breastplate of righteousness. Well, what is righteousness? Righteousness is to be in right standing with God. I think I wrote down an actual... I did. Oh, no, I didn't. I wrote down my definition. Righteousness is right standing with God. There's some things that are required in order for us to be in right standing with God. Because you know and I know that in the beginning of this thing and in our natural state, we are in a sin condition, right? Born into sin. No way to be in right standing with God if I'm still living in that sin condition, right? So this breastplate of righteousness, we've put on the belt of truth that holds it all together. Now our main protection, uh, uh, protecting our vital. Do you want a Dollar General breastplate for me to send you into war with? Huh? Now you want a good one, don't you? That remember, it's protecting your vitals. You want this thing handmade and beat out of the heaviest armor you can possibly wear, right? You don't want no plastic Dollar General store breastplate. You want a genuine breastplate, right? Breastplate of righteousness. Right standing with God. We were all born into a sin condition. So if you want to go half-hearted at this and get you a Dollar General store breastplate, keep on. But you got to get real about this thing. Righteousness, right standing with God is going to require some things. You know the first thing it's going to require? Truthfulness. You're going to have to be honest with yourself. Right? You're going to have to be able to admit, yes, I'm born a sinner. And then you're going to have to be able to admit, even though I've said for all these years that I've got it right, I don't have it right. I don't have no relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. 
repentance. In order to be in right standing with God, repentance is a requirement. You know what repentance is? It's to turn away from it, ain't it? It's to go a different direction from it. So you're going to have to be truthful. You're going to have to be honest with yourself and honest with God. You're going to have to turn away from Turn around. Repent of your sins. From your sin. Obedience. Obedience is going to be required to have a right standing with God. Remember, we're talking about the thing that protects your vitals. It needs to be made right. It needs to be nice and heavy and thick and not plastic and not based off of the ABCs or not based off of... I remember when I was a kid and I prayed a prayer and they dunked me in a tank. That ain't what I'm talking about. That's a, that's a Dollar General store breastplate you're wearing. And you're trying to go out here in war, in battle, with a Dollar General store breastplate, your most important piece of armor for your vitals. I'm talking about real righteousness. I'm talking about really in right standing with God. I'm talking about really, honestly, understand that the physical don't matter and the spiritual is all that matters. I'm talking about really understanding what Jesus meant when He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody comes to the Father but by Me. There's not 15 different ways to get to God. There's one way. And that's through Jesus Christ and Him alone. I'm talking about an understanding of what it means when He says the blood is applied. That you've accepted His sacrifice on your behalf. I'm not talking about a prayer and a dunking. I'm talking about a real way of life. I'm talking about righteousness. I'm talking about understanding it ain't about where you came from, how many days or how many hours you've spent in the church. I don't care about none of that. I used to have a lady at the first church I pastored at, and, and I wish my wife was here to, to tell you that I ain't telling you a lie because it don't sound right when I say it. Used to be a lady that every Sunday morning, this was an older lady, I mean a lot older lady, like really old lady. And every Sunday morning I would stand at the back door and she would walk by and she'd shake my hand and she'd go, my husband laid the first brick in the found, first block in the foundation of this church. Of course they called this lady Granny. Okay, Granny. And about the third Sunday... I told my wife going in, I said, man, Granny's going to have a talk this morning, so I just want you to be ready so you ain't caught off guard by it. She said, what do you mean? I said, man, Granny's going to have a talk this morning. I'm just letting you know. So she comes up and she goes, my husband laid the first block in the foundation of this church. I said, Granny, that's awesome. That's, 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 a, that's an amazing thing to be able to claim. But you ain't depending on that for salvation, are you? And she just kind of stepped back and looked, and I said, Granny, I'm, I'm being serious. I want you to know and understand that it doesn't matter if your husband laid every brick in this foundation. That ain't how you get into heaven. You ain't depending on that for salvation, are you? 
And she just kind of looked at me, didn't really know what to say. She'd never been questioned on it, evidently. And, and I said, Granny, I hope and I pray, I'm going to be praying all week that you understand. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, my knowledge at this point was really, really limited. But I said, I'm going to be praying that you have a better understanding of salvation before I see you again next week. And next week, she didn't tell me nothing about a foundation. As a matter of fact, that second week, that next week, she didn't even shake my hand. <laughs> she didn't want to talk to me. I had challenged her. But by about the third or fourth week, we got to have a real conversation. And she said, I understand what you're saying. And I want you to know that my salvation isn't based on the first block in the foundation of this church. That my salvation is based on a relationship with the Father. And I said, Granny, I, I, that's all I wanted to hear. Now I can every Sunday stand back here and shake your hand and tell you how I'm proud I am that your husband laid the first... Listen, that's a Dollar General breastplate. If you're depending on anything, anything else, it's not good enough. It's got to be a living, breathing, growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And if it's anything less than that that you're depending on, it's a cheap breastplate. And listen, you're going out into battle. Your vitals need to be covered and protected very well. So I'm, I'm going to ask Kevin and them to come up here and we're going to have a time of invitation this morning. And I'm going to ask you to put on your belt of truth. Remember, we're putting on the whole armor of God. You're going to need every piece of this. And I'm going to ask you to be truthful with yourself. And I'm going to ask you to examine your righteousness before you put it on. And you tell me, do you trust it? Hey, we're not talking about a few, few days or a few weeks or a few months. We're talking about eternity. Eternity. So I want you to I want you to really look at your breastplate this morning. And I want you to really think about your standing with God. Is it right? I'm not asking you to be perfect. I'm not asking you to look over your life and say, no, I don't make any mistakes. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being in a right standing with God. Are you there? If not, come talk to me. If you ain't sure, come talk to me. But if you don't trust your breastplate, don't put it on. Come talk to me.